Yarg. Hello, and welcome back to The Room That We Created. That one was soft. It was soft, and we're going <clears> to <throat> pop up on the bubs. No oh, peaks. no peaks. Oh, my oh, God. Cheers, cheers, cheers baby, cheers, on the cheers. mugs. Oh, my God. Cheers, mom, for the mug. We got Cherry Blossom tonight on the LaCroix, which is one of my favorite Oh, my God. Flavors. This is phenomenal. Yeah, isn't it good? This is my first time having Cherry Blossom LaCroix. One of my favorites. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is it so good? It's like it's got this almost uh, nutty quality to it. It's got this nut lick, nutness. Yeah, like almost like a sunflower seed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, today, uh, we wanted to talk about, this is going to be part one of a two-part episode, right? Yeah. We had done the Film Bros episode, which, yeah. uh, was yeah. received really uh-huh. well, mm-hmm. um, by our, uh, yep. fi- our, our very tiny fan base. We actually, before we get started, we've passed the 100 sub mark. This we is did. our hundred subscriber special. Oh my goodness! So yeah, thank you all. Thank you uh, to mainly the the recovering JWs. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> what that was hell? something I wanted to talk about. Literally, briefly. what in the? Yeah, what in the hell? Thank God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, Jesus. No, the XJWs saw our video. Um, it got passed around the apostate community and uh, it got three thousand views and almost four. Almost four thousand, yeah, and and some very lively, um, emphatic comments that were just a, a, an absolute joy to read through and respond to because it just felt like it felt like uh, I'd done something good by telling the story we told on the podcast. And um, if you're gonna clip, good, it? clip this, you know, just as another little nugget to for us to say. Thank you for watching and watch a little bit more. If you're an apostate, if you're another disfellowship person like myself, it gets better. And uh, if you want to see where you might end up, keep watching this podcast because this is what happened to me after I got disfellowshipped and I'm doing pretty damn well. Yeah. Don't let it scare you. Just let it happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Surrender thank you all to so me. much. Yeah. Just surrender. Tell, to tell you the truth, you just need to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't know we are incidentally are celebrating this 100 subscriber special by trying this new flavor of LaCroix, the yeah. cherry blossom. Yeah, Chinese New Year. And I gotta say, I can't get over the nut quality to this one. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't about. taste any almond? No. I'll be licking my chops of this almond. Mm-mm. Nope. Doesn't taste... Doesn't taste... Well, I, that's... It feels like somebody... It feels like if Jackie Chan applied... A large amount of lotion to his skin and then squeeze the excess moisture out into a can. What? Yeah. That's not bad. It's good. Um, so the two part of this episode, we, like we did the film bros, which was uh, relatively well received. Um, we wanted to make uh, an episode talking about, you know, that the point of that one was the films that had shaped us. And then we wanted to do one of the albums that have shaped us. Um, we cannot create a list of just five albums for each of us. That would be too. Um, which we did for films. Which I just rewatched the unbearable weight of massive talent, and that, that needs to be up there for me again because I fucking love that. It's movie. so fucking good. Um, yeah. But uh, so we we've we're going to comprise a list of ten our top ten favorite albums because it's just xing five of them. You know, just doesn't seem right. 
because music is so goddamn important to us. What's my favorite film? Oh, see, that's such a hard question because, you know, you, you got one for the seasons. I mean, a hundred years of rich cinematography. It's <laughs> <laughs> starting to sound like a certain someone we know. Aspiring filmmaker. Mm. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, in this episode, before we get to the 10 lists, we just wanted to give a little bit of a um, preamble to that episode. In part two, you'll see our top 10 favorite albums, each of us, and we'll just bang out the list. Yeah, we're going to bang the shit out of it. But Zach, um, good Lord, Zach, what was the first... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it, but I'm kind of terrified. The look on my face is a bit estranged. What was your first um, encounter with live music that made you like really be like, I want to do that? <laughs> I, I I don't have one. Really? Yeah, no. No, I, that's not how it happened for me. That's interesting. Re- well, because my whole life... Um, well, it's like you always knew you wanted to be a performer, but I, like not like... No, oh, no. So Actually, let me, let me tell this story. Um... You heard it here first. Um, you know, my, my dad is, is a musician, and so, you know, whenever he was playing shows, I would I would show up, you know, to the ones that I showed up at. You know, if he was, like, on a tour, you know, I'd be at the house, and if he came to, like, Phoenix, sometimes we'd go to different places. Yeah, you know, Massachusetts. Mexico's. Never, never. You never, ever went to Boston? No. Oh. No, I never. Never went to Massachusetts. Uh, never been. Never went to the Boston QZ. And I would always get asked by like everybody who knows my dad. You know, back then it's like, oh, you know, is he, you know, he's like eleven. Does he do any music? And I'd be like, nope. I fucking hate it. I will never do music. I have no musical talent whatsoever. I'm not going to do music. And um, I'm actually going to do computer coding. Oh wow. And they'd be like, that's valid. And then I got into high school. And became this little punky shit um, who kind of, who was like weirdly on, on the basketball team. It was weird. I wanted to play basketball. Oh yeah. And but I slowly got into the emo clique. Um, at the time, my favorite fucking band was Green Day. And uh, I was I I was in a room with someone, and they were playing an instrument, and I didn't really want to feel left out i was like i you know i had fomo i guess or something and i was i went into the room and i picked up a guitar and i was like fuck it you know i i i'll do something for an hour mm. i looked up a marty music video on uh, how to play something and i also watched a bo burnham video that was like nice. how to play guitar to get nice. chicks that was a skit yeah and i thought that was funny and my uh the person who was i was in the room with left and I stayed in for another, like, five hours learning, like, Wonderwall or something, you know. And eventually I kind of just started playing it in the background. I learned, like, Wonderwall, Time of Your Life, Hotel California. You know, I'd go out and I'd be like, hey, Mom, I'm going to learn this song. And she'd be like, you know, it's kind of hard to do that shit. You know, and I'd go in and I'd come out and I'd fucking play it. You know, I was able to fucking play it. And so I remember one day, it was not my guitar. It was my dad's guitar and it broke the high E string, and there were no replacement strings, right? So I had to either pick one up or wait to get one. And that period of time where I couldn't play, 
like every day I'd get home and it would burn and it would burn and burn and burn. And I just, I needed to fucking play it and I couldn't. And that's when I realized that it was more than just a hobby. Yeah. If I had this, this much of an itch to play it and then I just played six hours a day basically for a long time and it became, you know, the rest is that. And I just slowly developed where I am now. The mic is in front of your face on the camera. You might want to um, move it to the side again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move it like this a little bit. Huh? Yeah, much better. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's interesting because, like, it, it's almost like you stumbled into it. Yeah, I despised yeah. it. I, I, re, I re repelled against it because it was what my, my dad did. Right. And they never tried to push me into it or anything. I just didn't want to follow in those footsteps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be like my parents. Mm. And you know, mo a lot most kids don't. You know, I wasn't the like fan take over the family business type. I'm still not. You know, I just it just so happened that I really enjoyed it when I found it on my own. Yeah, yeah. I see. I wasn't raised with musicians. Like my my um, dad was a music lover. You know, like a music nerd, especially a metal nerd. Yeah, your your dad was actually um, Anthony Fantano. Yeah. So my father. Um, is Anthony Fantano, and uh, his name was Tony. Actually, it's really funny. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? No, yeah, no, of course. But um, no, he was the internet's busiest music nerd. He was. <laughs> I need to post a fucking picture of Fantano yeah, yeah, over yeah. that. No, but my dad was a music nerd, like mm -hmm. specifically a metal nerd, and um, he knew like absurd amounts of trivia and just crazy, unbelievable, deep lore knowledge of bullshit. And um, my older brother got into uh, guitar playing. My older brother's a guitar player, and he's a, he's a phenomenal guitar player. He started learning when he was like 11. Um, he just kind of... We both started taking guitar lessons when he was 11. Because he wanted it, and and I was like, I want to do it too. I want to do it too, you know. And so I, I I didn't like it though. I was like, ah, fuck it. I want a drum set, you know. Mm -hmm. And I got a drum set when I was eleven. And uh, by this point, my Polly, my older brother, is about thirteen. And uh, we just started writing the shittiest songs known to man together, uh, in a little band we called Gray Village when we were Jehovah's Witnesses with a little Jehovah's our Jehovah's Witness friend, and. Uh, it's like that episode of South Park where they become a Christian rock band. Yeah, yeah, literally. And um, but I was also attempting to learn Dream Theater songs on drums, you know, which we're not. I wasn't capable of doing, obviously. I'm, no, you know, I'm my, still my, not. Few people are capable of doing that. Also, real quick, I want to excuse the sniffles. We're both getting over. Yeah, sick. we're both getting. Yeah, recovering from a sickness. But um, yeah. So. But I remember, like, you know, I was We're down around sickness. music with my brother, and I was performing with my brother a lot, and I was a drummer, and I loved drums. And I'd play drums by myself. Um, I would play a little percussion for folk festivals uh, with my brother, and uh, we did shit like that. But it wasn't until mm -hmm. I had been disfellowshipped uh, that I it really clicked in my brain that I was like, I can make my own music. And I had written a shitload of poetry. You know, that I would just basically, I didn't know how chords work. I didn't know anything. All I knew was rhythm. You know, well, I just yeah. knew drums, you know. And so when I wanted to write, I would literally write a song and then go to my brother and sing him the song. Just be like, how do you, what is this song? And he goes, okay. And he'll listen to my voice and just try to make the chords for it. And then be like, okay, this is the song. This is how you play the song. 
you know? So like I would write a song just in my head and then my older brother, Polly would show me the song I wrote basically. Yeah. That's and, a, that's very fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't know how music worked, but I wanted to write songs and, uh, it wasn't until I, I got this fellowship and then I was like, Oh, I can make my own fucking music, you know? And, yeah. uh, then I remember around this time, my brother got really into emo and like Midwest emo specifically bands like uh, citizen and sorority noise and brand new and the, that kind of scene of music. And those guys did shows in, um, what did you transversal Siberian orchestra? No, 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 no. Uh, the <laughs> fucking, well, how did you describe this location in the Maynard language? Transversal oh. Southern Maynardville. I know, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. We got to get a roadmap and write it. Down. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, uh. they did concerts in a, in a neighboring city. Bands like this would come to, you know, and it was like $20 for tickets. And so I started going and went to my first mosh pit, you know, and I, and I fell in love with that style. And like, that's the style I, I write in, really. You know, mm-hmm. it's decorated with a bunch of different instrumentation like i use a lot of electronics and shit like that but that's the style i write in along with my favorite band of all time being counting crows so there's a lot of angst yeah you know that appeals to me in live music but i remember seeing the band citizen play and uh the band sorority noise had opened for them and there was a song uh that sorority noise had played and i turned and everyone was kind of like swaying like this and it was kind of a break and they have an album called You're Not As Blank As You Think. And uh, that album's, like, fucked up. It's devastating. It's, like, psych ward core. You know, it's so sad. Yeah, it's gripping. Yeah, it's gripping. And um, the uh, they were playing songs off of that album, and so everyone's just, like, feeling it. And I turn around, and there was this guy sobbing in the pit. Like, he's just crying. And you could tell, like... That should be, like, an album cover. It was literally, like, it was a quintessential average... Emo enjoyer moment, you know, and I turned around. And I'm like, oh, you can tell this guy lost someone, and this yeah. song is because that's what the song was kind of about, and that's what that whole album was yeah, about me grief and loss. Him. But I turned around and I just kind of like I put my arm over him like this, and then he just put his arm around me, and we just both started screaming the song together. And then the pit opened up, and the song like really got into its heavy part. And we all started moshing, and then it, it, in my brain, I was like, I have to get people to do that. That's why I'll never go to like a mainstream pop concert. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, it's like you don't get that. It's the exact I mean, antithesis like, of moments unless it's like, like that. You know, I mean, there are like, there's mainstream pop is a vast category. Like, I plan on going seeing John Mayer and Phoenix. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, there are artists that sell out arenas that still but, maintain like have yeah, intimacy. Yeah, like Paul McCartney is like a like an el- like an elderly community of cool people. So mm-hmm. it's well, it's funny that you say that you didn't know how chords work because I wrote my first five to ten songs. Um, and I was a guitar player for, I, I want to say a few years before I even attempted to write a song. Right. Um, you know, and probably, yeah, probably like two years ish about maybe give or take. And I, I wrote my first five or 10 songs like full and in part before I knew the notes on the, the keyboard hmm. and I wrote them all on piano. Oh, gotcha. So I just, I didn't know what notes I was playing. I just knew that they sounded good. Like I didn't even know the notes. And I was making songs that, like, I wrote only human. Right. I didn't know the notes on the keyboard. And That's cool. Yeah, I didn't start playing after I had that moment where I was like, you know, I need to fucking make, th- I need to make people do that. 
like move around and mosh and like the screen it's like religious you know i want to be a part of that then is when i started playing piano really yeah and i got this like shitty casio keyboard that someone in like my fucking church gave to me or something yeah and i would just dick around on it like when i was 15 and just make these shitty 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 instrumentals and they were like also this was around the time where vaporwave was the thing so that's how I started producing music. The first thing I ever really tried to make was along the lines of Vaporwave. I would take samples. I would stretch them the fuck out. I, I did like old songs and like clips of just the vocals from Green Day songs, like vocal stems, stretch them out, sample it, and I would just throw beats on it in GarageBand and shit like that. I made Vaporwave and I, cause I loved it. I just thought it was so creative and pretty. And like, um, somehow the bridge between that and my emo shit and like that like high octane like brutal human you know music is kind of where i exist in my taste is between that and fucking vaporwave so dream pop is a is a nice thing in between those two that i really yeah, enjoy that genre getting the insight as to where that all kind of started yeah you know i was um when i first started out i i i played like a lot of acoustic songs you know i was like a I was a party guitar player, basically, but not really. Like, I took it seriously, but, like, I knew, you know, like, Wonderwall kind of shit, you yeah. know? And um, my my dad got me a guitar for Christmas, that one, actually, right over there. I named her Ellie. It's my first ever guitar, and he got me it because it is a jumbo with the heaviest strings that you can get on an acoustic, and those, I still have, like, basically original strings on it. I've only changed my ones or twice. And they play like shit, and it's fucked. It's bad, but mm. it's I used it on growing pains actually. But it, um, he bought me that because he was like, "I'm gonna weed this kid out." He was like, "His fingers are gonna hurt so fucking bad. Like if he's not serious about this, he's gonna quit in like two days." Huh. You know, his shit and my shit bled, and I, I just, I loved every second of it. And people asked me, you know, I play with fucking, um. Heavy ass strings because of that. Like I got That's crazy. at the start. So and I got into Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I use um if anybody's interested, if anybody's interested, which probably not at this point, but um I use like Ernie Ball beefy slinkies, the eleven to fifty six, but I take the eleven off and I replace it with a thirteen. Um so it's like my E string is a standard ten pack B string. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's like it's like I've, I've like yeah take the standard like tens and like up them all like a string, you know like damn like my D strings like an A string kind of thing. What does that do for you like timbrely? It makes my guitar never go out of tune because I also have it set up in the back with a claw system like Jeff Beck right um, and I with the springs I have the the intervals perfectly in tuned peace. out. Yeah, rest in peace, Jeff. Um, Jesus Christ, one of my heroes, mm -hmm. and uh. Yeah, and it just and it sounds thicker and it sounds warmer and it sounds better. Like That's fucking cool, you know. And it just it feels good in my hand. And I played like that for a long time. And my dad was like, "All right, you know, like here's a here's what you need to listen to. There's a Clapton unplugged album that you need." Oh to my listen god! To. Yeah, and you know all this, but you don't know it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I we just I you just know I like this album, but this album shaped me forever. It's the first album I ever listened to. The first solos I ever learned. And it's it's a great fucking and I recommend it for every musician to go and listen to yeah. and study because it's brilliant. Um, and after that, I slowly evolved into Hendrix and Zeppelin and all that. And I really needed I wanted an electric guitar, so 
I'm backstage at a Boston concert in Phoenix. Boston. You know, and Boston. Um, I'm talking and, and my my dad is the drummer of Boston, that's why I'm backstage. And I'm you know, I'm just with my dad and he knows I need this guitar and so he's kinda put word in with Tom's guitar tech, right? And this dude has a million guitars and he's always selling. <laughs> and he's like, I got this like Japanese strat, like I'll give it to you for four hundred bucks. Oh my god. And it, it's worth a lot. Yeah, Jesus. Uh and, and he's like, I'll give it to you for four hundred and I you know, it's like deal. And so <clears throat> the first time I ever played um I think an electric guitar. Or at least this electric guitar. I think I played him in the band room or something in high school. I don't know which came first, chicken or the egg. But first time I played this guitar, Lucy, to my left here, um, when Tom wasn't looking, I, you know, I, I plugged in through his rig and played on a stage by myself through that loud ass giant fucking rig to a stadium full of empty seats. Oh, that's so cool. Looking out onto an ocean of empty seats, and that is when I felt like I had a destiny to do. And it was shit. It was like Smells Like Teen Spirit that I played through it. It was so disrespectful. It was Because <laughs> that's all I knew. And, you know. That's fucking amazing, though. That's a good story. Yeah, it's a great fucking story. And, um, it, yeah, that's, that's, that's my beginnings, really. And, uh... I doubt anyone. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt anyone's really gonna get back to it. You know. I, I would say I don't. Want, I don't know if I want time to know about this, but who the fuck is watching? <laughs> no, no, that, that, that's fucking damn. That's a good one. It'll come out one day. But yeah, I was like, first. the fucking. I can't. I can't remember. Like the first time I did a, a performance, was um. I had no real. There was someone who had this battle of the bands, thing. Uh, that they had okay, okay. There was a there was a local school, and there was a person who I had seen in passing a couple times who went to an, another local high school different than my own, and he had this end of the year like senior project to um, put together a fundraiser event. That's what he had to do: put together, choose a charity, and put together a fundraiser event. And he decided to do a battle of the bands because he was in a band, and uh, he. Um, messaged me he was like hey aren't you a musician like don't you have a band i hadn't released music i hadn't done anything all i had done was like oh no i had released a couple of shitty shitty vaporwave mixtapes on on Bandcamp. oh you yeah. know and posted about it you know but i didn't even have my own band's instagram i just posted about it on my own i make music here's this thing i was handing out cds to people of these shitty things in middle school you know and he had known about it about me doing this and uh didn't really care to listen to it, I don't think, because he asked me, do you want to play the Battle of the Bands? I'm like, Battle of the Bands? You know? Uh, yes, I'll it's do like it. It's like that episode of Regular Show. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I make Vaporwave, and I'm going to play at the Battle of the Bands. And so, uh, basically, I went to Paul, and I, I wrote my own songs, too. But, like, I was like, okay, well, I want to reshape this. I went to my older brother, and I was like, hey, look, um, we got a Battle of the Bands gig. He's like, what? And neither of us have, had, had performed like that. You don't know how to play our fucking instruments, yeah, John. exactly. All well, I had done Paul's was... All I had done was fucking just uh, the folk shows, just with my brother, just playing drums, you know? And so we, what we ended up doing was taking 
the instrumental of the track that we wanted to play and just deleting the instruments that we would play live out of the track and then rigging it up and playing a backtrack and then playing piano, synth, vocals, guitar, and other vocals over the track. And it sounded fucking awesome. We're like, okay, we're going to do it. So we, we did um, two originals and a cover of Last Living Souls by Gorillaz at this Battle of the Bands. That's and we, we won. We won the Battle of the Bands, and I had, and they gave us this shitty plastic trophy. All the proceeds went to um, this, like, uh, to to Merkin. <laughs> to Mer- yeah, Mer- Mer- all the proceeds went to Maynard. <laughs> so it went to this like it went to a, a battered women's shelter, basically. Oh, you know, okay. like one of those, and it was it was a nice thing. And 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 yeah. as I holding that trophy, I was like, I could do better. Because yeah. like this plastic trophy is like this is the beginning. I could I could do better. We could we could get weirder and weirder with this shit. And I started writing more and writing more. And we 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 ended up booking out this local gym and doing these shows. And and like at first we got like ten people and it was just our friends. And it was like five dollar cover charge. We sold snacks. You know, um, my mom worked for the school, and so we booked out one of the old school's gyms. Right. You know, and and just did this show from scratch. My dad ran security. You know, so he would just be standing at the door. You know, and this is when this is right around when we all left the church too. So like, Dad was curious to see like what we were gonna do, and I'm wearing I wore like full. It was before I was out, you know, so I was wearing like drag makeup to these shows, and uh, and that's when I started to really develop my flavor of music, which is like this fucking. That escalated really quickly. It wasn't long after that when you wrote Schism. Am I, it wasn't long after right? that that I shaved my head bald. It wasn't long after that that you wrote, you know, Schism. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember like. How did you? How did you come up with that bass intro? Um, it was you know the Fibonacci spiral. Switching between the nine eight seven time signatures, which were the last digits of the Fibonacci sequence. No, when I wrote Lateralis by Tool, I um I basically just closed my eyes and like allowed it to write me. And that's stupid. Uh, yeah, you know, you're telling me. See that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, where were we? What was what? What? If you had to describe your music taste to somebody, what would it be? Go fuck yourself. That's yeah. That's a decent one. It's a decent description. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another good one. I, I could describe it in sounds. I could describe it in sounds, maybe. I could definitely describe it in scents. Like smells. <laughs> I could do it in smells. Smells? Yeah, pine. Hey, demonstrate. Oh, okay. You're going to say the smells. I thought you were going to create the smells. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me try to create a pine smell right now. Nah. But uh, so I would say like pine, gasoline, cotton candy. And um, and uh, a parking garage. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, that's good. That's oh, and good. and flowers and and like sunflowers. I'm like, I'm, what am I? I'm like citrus. Um, black erasers. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's hard for me to recall smells that I would associate with my taste in music. Oh, um, virginity. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, I thought, what does Radiohead smell like? And I just, 
you know, virginity. <laughs> naturally went. The smell of virginity. I, I reek of virginity. And I, see, fluid. I guess I think my my, my my music taste smells like just slut. And sludge. I also, I also smell like that whatever drink. It smells like whatever drink that they ha- they drink in fucking Futurama. The squirm. It smells like squirm. It smells like squirm. No, mine smells like fucking uh, teens. My, no, my, <laughs> no, my, my music taste yeah, smells, smells like teen spirit. Mine smells like uh, the chug jug from Fortnite. Fortnite Battle Pass. I'm going to believe that. I just shit <laughs> out my ass. You know what? I don't, it smells th- like rain. Some of these might make it onto our top 10 albums of all time, but I wanted, wanted to talk about albums. I, I was, was talking about this briefly with a friend of mine the other day, about albums that are like cultural icons that actually deserve it. You know? And I think Nevermind by Nirvana... Is one of them? I disagree. You don't think you think it's overhyped? I think it is not their best album. What is, in your opinion, Bleach? Bleach is my favorite. Maybe mm. no, it's not even my fucking favorite. I don't know. I I feel like Incesticide is maybe arguably their best album. But like, that's not the album that like broke everything. Or In Utero is probably even better than that. But do you think that? Like Never smell, mind smell. is correctly rated as being like as ne- influential as people say it is. And oh, it, 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 it is. was their most influential album. It's their biggest album. But like, I think people treat it like it's their best album. Oh, okay. But, but, but what, I, what I was saying, though, is like the phenomenon of like albums that you don't even have to have heard it once. You know what it looks like, the album cover. And like you, Milo Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, like shit like that. Albums that actually warrant it. Are, thriller are that good? Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Boston's debut album. Boston's debut album is fucking amazing. That gives me more than a feeling. Um, yeah, man, fuck. Dark Side of the Moon is one of them. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's not yeah. an album that doesn't fucking deserve it. Master of Puppets. I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, I will write onto that. Give me a reason. I think I think um, it's. I don't know if I don't really recall that. I haven't listened to that in so long. I think Metallica is a bit juvenile, and I think I think they're so fucking good. Well, okay, like, listen, like currently, like the way they evolved, they like always got better. They always just kept getting fucking better. The Black Album is one of the best albums. Period. I love mm-hmm. I love Metallica's Black Album. I'm not a Metallica head, so I just and I just I haven't really dived into their discography totally. But from like, I've heard like bits from each album, and mm. it all gets fucking better. Yeah, the black album's fucking phenomenal. Ride the lightning's phenomenal. I just think like I don't know. I, 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 we talked about this a little bit with Asa actually on the podcast about metal music. For me, is very uh, there's always some twist to it mm-hmm. when I listen to metal. Like I I always I don't listen to any main like godfather yeah, genres of like metal shoegazy, yeah i always listen like... to some weird metal like you know that's what really appears to me appeals to me and like metallica just doesn't have an edge that excites me you know i can only listen to i can't yeah very rarely will i ever put on metallica you know what i mean fucking um what's the story morning glory deserves it by who oasis oh i've listened to zero oasis in my life oh that's like my 
one of the best bands ever. And you know what? It, I, I watched Maddie Healy talking today about Oasis and how he wishes they just get fucking back to, together because it's, 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 it's just this fucking quarrel between Noel and Liam fucking Gallagher, hmm. you know, who are fucking in a tid, tiddly fuck shinks with each other. I don't know what the fuck he said, but they're pissed at each other and they act like immature about it. And it's he was like, nobody goes... To a fucking no Gall- Gallagher's Flying Birds concert and would not rather be listening to Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Definitely maybe it's really good, but this High Flying Birds... Like, High Flying Birds is fine. Like, I like it a lot, you know? But, like... That's funny. Oasis, like, makes me feel more than I think, like, most bands ever have. That's crazy. Like, Oasis is one of the bands that I feel the most listening to. See, that's how I feel about Counting Crows, and people look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them. No, you're not at all. Like, they're They're fucking amazing. Fucking underrated when it comes to that aspect of music. Oasis, like, was not underrated. They were, like, the biggest band of all time for a long time, and they're still one of the best. But, like, they they fucking were just cocky pricks, you know? Mm cocky i uh really ask you a quick question yes do you listen to tyler the creator at all not enough okay i was gonna ask you because i have an interesting like what you would think his best album is oh uh cherry bomb no shit that i've heard cherry bomb i fucking love cherry that makes bomb. sense that makes sense i don't know there's something about it that's just so fucking real like it's so nasty and so like but not overdoing it it's like, this is going to be sacrilegious, maybe not anymore to say, but I think Cherry Bomb is like what Yeezus was, the same thing that Yeezus did, but a little bit less phoning it in. Like, Cherry Bomb seemed like really genuine. I will fucking hand that to you, because that is a fucking Chad take. Okay, good. Cool. That is a fucking Chad take. And you Even know more what? so in light I of will say that downfall. Flower Boy literally... Like, literally saved my life. That's amazing. Um, Literally saved it. Um, But I also... That album was so big. Like, I listened to it, like, every second of the mm. day. And it's, I saved my life, you know, for a year. And after that, Igor came out. And I was like... I didn't like it. I fucking love Igor now. Mm. It is so fucking... Oh my god. Oh my god. If you haven't heard Igor all the way through, it's fucking phenomenal. You would fucking piss your jorts if you heard the production. Yeah, I that. haven't heard like, it with all the keen, way through. With the keen ear. Like Well, I I the keys on it like already make me come. So like I want to listen to that thing whole, all the way Tyler's through. Tyler's sense of harmony is way more intricate than people give him credit for. Mm. Kendrick Call fucking Call me by Lamar. your name was fucking in like it's nuts. It's fucking jazz R and B shit going on. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to get into it. It's good. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's sense of harmony too, and just the the people he decides to work with and like the soundscapes he creates, like blow me the fuck away. I think he's the greatest mind in hip hop right now. Uh, yeah, I agree. Cause like there was this. Oh my god. Uh, to pimp a butterfly, I think deserves the hype as well. To pimp yes, a butterfly is yes. a fucking ten. Are you kidding me? The the jazz textures on it, like and choosing to make like the it, like this psychedelic jazz rap, you know, situation with what it had to say specifically, and it was like borderline a story album. You know, it was such a good 
um, backdrop to tell the, the stories and make all the statements it had to say, you know, with like the, the timbre matched the message so well, you know, and then like following it up, like damn to me was a little bit, it was the same vibe, a little bit more streamlined, you know, and a lot more uh, introspective, you know, it had less things to say. Uh, than to Pimper Butterfly. It still has a lot of statements on it, but like it was more um, self reflective. It's a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling. Damn. It's just damn. You know? <clears throat> Darn. With Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers Darn. that he just released, it felt like the same fucked up energy and explosion of creativity as to Pimp a Butterfly, but now it had that like classical edge. Over the jazz edge. It felt like a fucking... I don't know. I would love to see that album performed with a fucking the orchestra. Heart. Oh, the heart. Unbelievable. The heart's unbelievable. Can't beat it. Can't beat that shit. No. We cry together. I'm trying to find... I was going to like rapid fire some albums and give you and see if you think they're accurately rated, oh. overrated, or underrated. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to like... I'm just going to scroll and fucking land... Uh, Pet Sounds. By overrated the, by the Beach Boys. Overrated. Overrated in my IMO. Accurately rated. Okay. Uh, Billie Eilish's debut EP, "Don't Smile at Me." Underrated. Underrated. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know who Billy Martin is? No. Okay, never mind. Um, The Stranger, Billy Joel. Oh, uh, underrated. Accurately rated. Okay. Accurately rated. Because people like that's a huge. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The End, The Black Eyed Peas. <sighs> Underrated. Under fucking. Underrated. I under hate to say it. Black IPs, like, they have this flavor. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But you have to, everyone must admit that it's done well. Enema it's of the State, Blink 182. Accurately rated. Overrated. Really? And I, I love Blink. Yeah. Um, for Emma Forever Ago. Oh, underrated. Always underrated. Yeah, always underrated. Um, Fuck. Silk Sonic's new album. Uh, if Emma for, for Emma, like, fucking. That made me feel the same level of like psychedelic, like spiritual connection to music that anything in the dream pop electronica, any like it, it built the same kind of sonic world as some of the more involved genres of music that I listen to d- does. And it's just a fucking dude in a cabin. I feel like people give it the credits due for Emma. Yeah. I think it's still underrated. Okay. Like, I, I just don't hear it talked about enough. What about the new Silk Sonic album? I haven't heard it yet. I would say accurate, but leaning <sighs> towards overrated. What okay. about, uh, have you heard Because the Internet, Childish Game? Oh, Bono? yeah, yeah. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I fucking agree with that. Um, there's got to be some fucking... Awaken My Love is underrated, too. Around the for Deftones. Oh, underrated. Really? Underrated. You think people? I feel like people accurately rate that one. I feel like people like not it. on. I feel the like it's underappreciated, but it's not underrated. Amongst fans, you know, it's it's accurately rated. But I think in the broader scape of music, people don't appreciate Deftones in general very much. And around the fur did so much for fucking subgenres of music that they don't even get really tied to that much, like emo. You know, like now people are starting to really discover Deftones again. Like mm-hmm. I see Deftones TikToks all the time now. But, like, people always talked about, like, they've been described as new metal, mostly, when they were around. Because they were so weird that people didn't know what to call them. So they were new metal. And then, you know, the shoegaze. But, like, 
they did so much for emo. Everyone I know who listened, who went to those emo shows, like, you know, that I was describing earlier, they all like Deftones too. You know, Deftones just has this like, in my opinion, that's it's what I mean when I say I smell like virginity. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But, um, I think the only thing that really takes Deftones outside of being categorized as emo primarily is how polished they are and how like, you know, uh, machine like their execution it, of their shit yeah is. it's it's like this raw and beautiful it is like it's me- it is metal but it's got that like emo edge of like you're drowning yeah but it's not like typical fucking like alt scene emo it's not like warped tour emo no no it's it's like it's this beautiful disturbia yeah, it's it's not warped tour emo. It's because there that is the line in in emo between the two sides is like warped tour emo, metalcore. Mm-hmm. You know, getting into that, asking Alexandria, falling in reverse type of emo, and then there's fucking not Midwest emo quite, but like people who like math yeah. rock, like the other type of emo where it's like brand new, citizen. You know, story so far is kind of in there and like shit like that. What about Californication, Red Hot Chili Peppers? Overrated. Over fucking rated. Thank you. Fuck the red hot chili fuckers. I, 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 I said I really don't like the chili peppers. I don't think they're that good. And I was told that I just don't like the genre. What is the genre? That's what California? I California. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I don't know. I just didn't like I, I think the singer is not good. Goddamn awful. Um Flea I and Fushanti are some of the best the musicians and to watch the goddamn are earth. Amazing. But but no, Anthony Keenis ruins that goddamn band. Um Man, sorry. What about in rainbows? Oh, accurately rated. I'll give it accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do a few more. Let's just do a few more. Stony Post Malone. Underrated. Accurately rated. I fucking love Stony. Yeah, I feel like everybody loves fucking Stony. I know, but like, I don't know. Planet Pit Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated always. Underrated. Why Um, Pink Floyd, The Division Bell. Underrated. underrated. No one fucking talks about no the division. Talks about Punisher, Phoebe Bridges. Accurately rated. Accurately rated. Okay. Um. Ooh, ooh. Paul McCartney. McCartney. Ah, accurately rated. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Have you heard? Have you ever heard Donovan? No. Okay. The three artists that shaped me as a fucking human, mm-hmm. like Clapton, Donovan, and Clapton. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. Donovan is, oh my god! You just have to listen to this album. Okay. It's called Fairy Tales and Colors. Okay. It is. It is like he was like another Bob Dylan, but he's got a different. It's a different edge. He's a much better singer. The songs are different. I mean, it's folk, and it's around the same time period. He wrote Season of the Witch. Must be the season of the witch. Yeah. Must be the season. Okay. That was his big hit. But he has this acoustic album called Fairy Tales and Colors, and he has this song on it called Universal Soldier, and it's one of my favorite songs ever. Okay. Made, okay. conceptualized, not just written. It's so fucking, fucking, fucking good. Oh, it's fucking good. And I, yeah, I just recommend everyone listen to that. I'm excited for when we get into our actual list because I know there's going to be at least one or two of mine and one or two of yours that, respectively, the other person has not heard about. Even, you know. Do you think Megadeth is overrated or underrated? I think they're a little overrated. I'm not a huge Megadeth yeah. person. Um. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, yeah. Fuck. 
Yeah. Well, I think if I had to pick three artists that shaped me the most, it would be Brand New, which is the post-hardcore emo band that um, I think their use of, their very sparing use of pads and electronics and, and just world building, sample work, feedback, just atmospheric production, I think, really takes them over the edge of their contemporaries. Like they're like taking back Sunday, but a little bit more interesting. <laughs> you know, that's brand new to me. Um, Counting Crows, simply for the songwriting and the musicianship, uh, and their like performance, like they get it. Like that that singer is so unhinged live, um, that it like borders on performance art. And what is the order of these? Is there an order? Just... No, just the three. You know, Counting Crows, brand new, and the band Porcupine Tree, which is okay. this prog rock band that um okay. gets uh, very much into electronics in the later part of their discography, and their keys are just I don't know the the frontman Stephen Wilson's ear for atmosphere and he you know you can tell he's a music lover like he's a huge abba fan mm-hmm. and uh just to be like have that much respect for other genres of music and then making progressive rock it, it comes through and it's really it's also the only like prog rock band to me that doesn't feel that feels just as honest and raw and human as you know anything in like regular rock or hardcore or anything like that you know because prog rock to me sometimes is too put together you know burger Ventry has that like rawness that i really fucking love and yeah white people need math rock because they have no rhythm yeah yeah that shit yeah people who say that don't understand music <laughs> yeah that's true that's true but <clears throat> oh fuck you know let's do a little sidebar um you know about the Rubir, no, Rubir. Oh, yeah. So I reached out to him to because I want to get him on the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't heard anything back, but I'm really waiting. Oh, that would be fucking awesome. Rubir, my Rubir. There was once a time in Maynardville lore where um, coming out of high school, uh, all the people that used to attend the shows that I did live... Um, I made a group chat with them all in it. Uh, and then that group chat slowly started snowballing and growing and growing to like friends of friends of the people that were in my friend group. And you were in this group chat, Zach. At one point you were in this group chat. Uh, it was around the end of 2020, I want to say that there was a group chat about Oh. 45 people ended up in this fucking group Yeah, chat. I was in that. I remember. And uh, Shoe Nice, the guy who eats candles and... Like the guy, yeah. Yeah, Shoe Nice and eats decks of cards and like glass and shit like that on YouTube. Someone, as a joke, started adding celebrities into the group chat. Like celebrity accounts. Oh, I remember you know? this. Someone added Jordan Peterson's verified I remember this. account I into remember the group this. chat. Hugh Jackman, random people into the group chat. And and someone put in Shoe Nice. Shoe Nice actually fucking responded, responded and started chatting in this group chat of maybe 50 teenagers from I Maynard remember Bell. this. I fucking remember this. And he would just be like, what's up? And I remember the chat just went and just people started freaking out. And this chat was like so big that there were clicks within the chat. There's people you may have never met in this chat. 
There's people yeah. who you what don't like. What the fuck like. was it called? It's on the tip of my tongue. It was called um, something anonymous, wasn't it? No, no. Or it was like it was a funny name. It was kind of offensive. Think think the um, Andrew era. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was called like something anonymous, like assholes anonymous or some bullshit like that. I'll find it. I will find it in my yeah. messages. You know, ugh, that's fucking insane. That reminds me of the fucking young gravy thing. The young gravy thing. Yeah. Tell the young gravy thing. We've talked about this a million times. Not on the podcast. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I can't believe. No, I'm just stunned that we have never mentioned it on the podcast. That's fucking nuts. So back before Young Gravy became really big, I had a few friends in high school. We made a group chat called Gravy Memes V1 because we found Gravy, his like first album, and we thought it was really funny. You know, it's just a joke. We were like, Gravy makes blast like Piven. Yeah, you know I'm just bluff. Yeah. Making blue with your mom in the kitchen. Making blueberry muffins. And we'd say that shit to each other at the time. And, you know, somebody added Gravy to the uh, the group. And, you know, Gravy was still in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, he started just chatting with us. And it became like a nearly everyday thing. We would just like talk with Gravy. We would send him memes. He'd like, like him. He'd be like, that shit's funny. He'd send stuff back, and I have, like, probably a million screenshots of all this stuff in my phone, but I remember when Gravy was going up to release his first merchandise drop, he was like, I bought, like, 200 hats, you know, Mm. and he was going to sell them kind of thing, like, on Custom Ink. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, and he he comes to the group chat, and he's like, guys, um, what color... Visor should I drop first He's, And he gives us like four options That he has set up on custom link And we all said we were like drop the black With the uh, like purple neon That says gravy on the visor Drop those ones and he's like okay He drops those ones and he's like here's the link Like you can have it a week early to buy shit if you want And like that was his first Merch drop and we fucking Helped him pick it And then not sh- shortly after that, he just kind of started going and going up. And now he's going up even fucking more. Yeah, you know, no, he, saw- was Kimmel- <laughs> <laughs> he was on Kimmel. He was on Fallon or something. Yeah, he's on, he's on my level now. <laughs> he's on my level now. Oh, I picked the shit out of that mic. I don't Sorry. care. It deserves it. Um, God, no, damn it. No, he's like, I, it's insane sometimes because I'm like, this dude, this college fucker that I was talking with as a freshman in high school, I see him on the fucking, you know, on the fucking, what is it? It's like, it was, I saw it was a commercial, like the Bachelorette, the Bachelorette, but for MILFs. And he was dropped oh like God. Hugh Hefner. And I'm like, <sighs> this motherfucker. That's like, insane. It's so funny to me. Yeah, that is pretty fucking Because crazy. Asa... <laughs> really thinks Young Gravy is attractive. I don't get that. And well, not anymore apparently, but did. And then I told her this, and she really freaked out. That's so funny. He's he he's not really he's not, cool. He's His handsome. real name is Matthew. Really? Yeah. Is that public knowledge? I don't know. Look it up. See. Let me look it up. You just tell like the world his real name. It's not. That would be funny. Hold on. Yeah, I think it's Matthew. Young Gravy. I'm pretty sure it's Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What an episode. 
that yeah, we're what having today. What a room we're creating. This is, yeah, this is definitely going to be a two-parter. This is like a prologue that we have to create. Yeah, it's just we a prologue to, make, to the we list. We have to make backstory. Um, young Gravy. Jamie I really Pula. found it funny about the, the um, religion and spirituality episodes because we went into that. Like, we're going to talk about our religions. And then the first hour just ended up being the JW story. Yeah, and that ended up like having the clip that went fucking like 4,000. Yeah, you know, and it nuts. makes sense because that's a, you know. That's a pre-existing I think community. I've been wanting to redo Jesus Ali, like, put, like do some clips of it. Nice. His, his name is Matthew. It is? Yeah, Matthew okay, Raymond Horry. He's a handsome dude. They he they got him looking funny lately for like his publicity. Yeah, but he looking good though. He's not bad. He got that clean. Um, listen, you don't just bag Brandy Love and Martha Stewart, okay? Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I mean, like young gravy. At what point is uh you know the gravy gets whisked? The gravy train. One of my favorite um. Young Gravy, overrated or underrated? Accurately rated. I think Nobody his new stuff's, o- new stuff's overrated. Old stuff, accurately rated. Nobody takes him serially. Some people do. Some people do? A lot of people do. Some people are like, yeah, my favorite rapper is Young Gravy. Yeah, fourth fucker. <laughs> fourth, oh my God, you're so right. Oh my God. Lee literally looks like Young Gravy. Well, we also talked about a joke we said was this motherfucker's favorite rapper was Young Gravy. Wait, did we say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put the clip in. That's funny. I don't remember that. We literally said it. Yeah. I, you know who's a, a fucking criminally underrated rapper is Quasimodo. Have you heard From Quasi? the Hunchback of Notre Dame? No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Quasimodo was a rapper. I'll have spent one day. FKA Twigs. Accurately rated, underrated, or overrated? I don't know. That is. You don't know FK Twigs? Uh-uh. Oh, she's amazing. She's like a dream pop kind of psychedelic pop artist. Okay. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Why don't I do it for you? She sings that. It's her song. Why don't I do it for you? do it for you. You know, I did the um, the the TikTok like movie thing where you pick movies. Oh yeah. Well, I I got a strange ending. I I tried the. Fil- I saw your TikTok. No, I have I I haven't posted this. I got oh, a strange got ending. One? What was? The- well, it was Ratatouille versus American History X. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked oh, up. Man. Yeah, because how do you? I mean, which one did I enjoy more, Ratatouille? You know, <laughs> but like. What's the better film? Ratatouille. <laughs> but what has more to say? Ratatouille. <laughs> I tried to do that fucking filter and it kept giving me either two of the same movie would pop up. Yeah, I got it. Like, what do you like, Parasite or Parasite? The good, the bad, and the ugly, or the good, the bad? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, then it would end up. Or the would... bad, the good, and the beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes it would like pair me with like, okay, like Parasite versus Pulp Fiction. And then it would be like, Pulp Fiction. And the next one, it'll be like, okay, Parasite versus something else again. I'm like, but wait, why does that one get two shots? And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a fucked filter. Well, not that's why you got to redo it so you get it right. <clears throat> I, you know, I showed you Jeff Buckley. Oh my night. God. Yeah, that said. changed my shit, dude. Said, Mojo Pin by Jeff Buckley is one of the most creative songs I've ever fucking heard. 
Yeah. It's so good. I, I, I model some of my stuff. Absolutely. Great. Then, His guitar Letters for my sweetheart, too. the drunk. Really, really personal. His production album. on Grace is unparalleled. It's so goddamn good. What are your thoughts on Jacob Collier? I don't enjoy his music. Have you heard volume... Have you heard Jesse volume two? No. Then you need to listen to that. Okay, I'll listen to that. Because I, I get what you're saying about some of it's like, why, you know? No, it's just like, I want to fucking like it because I know it's cool and I know it's fucking well, a lot difficult of it and really I know it's cool. interesting. Well, listen, but then, Jesse volume two is not like that. Okay. It's a folk album. Oh, okay. And after uh, my friend Angelo passed... I um, went to college and, you know, music college. And everybody, shh, don't shut the fuck up about Jacob Collier. Right. And so, you know, I, I naturally fell into it. And this album, I, this is going to be really personal. Um, but there's a few songs on this that really meant a lot to me. Make Make Me Cry, mm. off of Jesse Volume 2, I think is one of the best songs ever written. Okay. It, it it has to be one of the most amazing, beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen made. It's it's simple and it's complicated and it's the lyrics are they could stand the test of time. And every single night, I actually this is again personal. I I cried myself to sleep with my headphones in in an unfamiliar scenario. I knew no one. I was grieving. I was in a room with a roommate that I just wasn't really gelling with. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I liked him. It's just we were we were different people, and so yeah. it was difficult for us to find common ground. Um. Um, and I was just alone and grieving. And this song, "Time to Rest Your Weary Head," I cried every night to it, and for a month. And it's it's a beautiful song, and I recommend. Damn, I will I will listen to him. Yeah, Jesse Volume Two is. It's just special. Like I'm I'm excited to see what he does after the all the Jessies come out. All the Jessies. Yeah. <laughs> there's Jesse Volume One through Four, and Four is going to come out, and they're all different like genre bending things. Like the first one was like jazz, and like, like like you know uh, like imagine Jacob Color like doing his best. I'm gonna write the most insane jazz music. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's fucked. Of course. Um, and groundbreaking. Two, like, is Jesse Volume 2. It's, like, folk. Volume 3 is, like, electro and, like, funky and, like... Nice, Also nice. jazz, but it's it's got some, like, elements of Michael Jackson's thriller on there. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm just... I'm, I'm curious to see as someone... I don't even think he's 30. That's... Yeah. Like, what he does after his first big project. Hmm. You know, David Crosby, who just passed, rest rest in peace, said about Jacob Collier. And they were they they spent time together, met together. They, um, Jacob Collier showed him, I think, in the bleak midwinter, either that or his like Flintstones cover, which are like insane, like E half sharp, the classic fucking Collierism. Yeah, yeah, super mega hexafluoride. Oh my god! What did David Crosby say about it? He said something like. Oh God! He said that's like fucking something. Just cause he, hold on, give me, give me one second, give me one second, <laughs> Jamie. I'm gonna pull this. Because <laughs> I thought this was so fucking funny. <laughs> 
What the fuck did he say? I don't know. I don't know. It was like, he said something like, that's like fucking something just because you can. But basically, like, that's just, he made a joke about, like, you're just doing this shit because you can. It's yeah, like showing yeah. off. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's insane. And you know what? It, he's got a fucking point. And Jacob Collier embrace, embraces Yeah, from it what totally. I have heard of Jacob Collier, I did not enjoy. But I will listen to more. Especially after your review of Jesse, too. That sounds like something I would never have thought Jacob Collier to be described as. So I'm really curious. Because he's a fucking brilliant. He's brilliant. You know? I just, jazz is... He said, that's like a dog licking its balls just because it can. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's, that's what good. he said. That's uh, Jacob said that in his official Instagram post. Some of the best Crosby. art is. Some of the best art in this world really is. Yeah. I feel like Death Grips can be described as that, too. I fucking hate Death Grips. I, I, know, I know. I really tried. Like, I really tried. Like, I listened to, like, every song off of a few albums for as long as I could stand it. And, you know, I kept thinking, like, oh, maybe I just didn't like this one, maybe. And I kept getting into it. I found myself skipping every song because after 45 seconds to a minute and a half, it was getting me... It was just intolerable. Yeah. I was like, this is annoying me. <laughs> it's... And I, I sat there and I, I wanted to skip it and I would sit for an extra minute. Yeah, yeah. And I and then I'd be like, I'm, I'm done. And then Death I'd skip Grips. it. And that happened with like every song for two albums. And I was like, I guess I just don't like it then. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I really gave it its best shot. Have you heard, oh wait, did you listen to X Military at all? <sighs> don't put me through more. You might enjoy X Military. I love Death Grips. I think they're so fucking creative, and they're just such a like. It has that same kind of violent catharsis. There was that one song I liked me, for like just, thirty seconds. I remember that. Yeah, that's good. That's good for Death Grips, but um, I don't think there's a single Death Grips fan that would really vehemently defend <laughs> them against someone with that opinion, because it, it's understandable. I think Jenny Death is is. Is X Military a song or an album? Album. I don't even see it. It's not on. Spotify, so it might not be on Apple either. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. No, it's their first album. No, I didn't listen to that. Very good. But um, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about Death Grips and our other musical likes and dislikes I'm, in the list. I'm, yeah. For part two. Part two. Yeah, we're at an hour one. So unless you got anything to say, we can wrap it up. I know. I'm gonna construct my list in the next week. I've been silently working on it. Nice. Yeah. I've been tossing around it in my day. I love lists. I love lists. All autistic people do. I guess I'm a fraud. You don't like lists? I just I I, I it fights the ADHD. The I can't I can never it never does anything. I never ever I I literally just were fucking if it's important I remember it. No, like like making ranking things. Oh, 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 dude, scrum in my fucking j- yeah. Junes, dude. Fucking my Yeah, you love lists. I love lists. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Not like making a list of things to do. Like fucking, you oh. know, ranking. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> lists, pie charts, Fuck. graphs. Fuck. I totally understand. I understand now. I like lists. Avid list enjoyer. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Room That We Created.